0: On a sunlit day such as today and during the noon hour, the streets of our city, like those of your cities, are filled with men and women who for a few moments leave the confines of the office building and engage in that universal delight we call window shopping. On occasion, I too am a participant. One Wednesday, I stood in front of the elegant show window of a prestigious furniture store and was impressed. That which attracted my attention was not the beautiful overstuffed set in the window, nor the comfortable appearing chair which was next to it, nor was it the beautiful chandelier overhead. Rather, my attention was directed to a little sign that the manager had placed in the bottom right-hand corner of the window. Its message was very brief. Finishers wanted. Wanted. The store had need of those individuals who had the capacity and the skill to make ready for final sale the furniture which the firm produced. I went back to the office, but I could not get from my mind those words, finishers wanted. I realized that in life as well as in business, there has always been a need for those persons who could appropriately be called finishers. Their ranks are few. Their opportunities are many. Their contributions great. Actually, you and I have the opportunity to make such a choice. For each one of us must run the race called mortality and must make the decision, shall I falter or shall I finish? On the outcome of that question, rest joy and happiness in this life and eternal life in the world to come. I am so grateful that the Lord has not left us alone to make that decision. Rather, he has given to you and to me the accounts in the Holy Bible, which if we will but learn from those examples, we shall find that they are like a light to our feet as we run the race. As we read the experience of others, we honor those who finish. We sympathize with those who falter. It was the Apostle Paul who declared, Know ye not that they which run in the race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that ye might obtain. And before the words of Paul were ever spoken to his listeners, the son of David king in all Israel, declared that the race goeth not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong. One wonders if he were not really speaking of his own father. By any standard of measurement, the greatest king Israel ever had was David. Anointed by Samuel, he was favored by the Lord. In the first fresh victories of his incredible triumphs. The women honored him by composing and singing a song. Saul hath slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. In adoration they would sing, We are of thy bone and of thy flesh. Power he won, peace he lost. It happened one day when he was walking across the roof of the king's home, That David observed a woman bathing, and she was very beautiful, so he sent and inquired about her. And one reported, Is this not Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? And David sent for her and took her. To the gross sin of adultery was added yet another sin. Set Uriah in the forefront of the hottest battle, said he and retire from him, that he may be smitten and die. Lust and power had triumphed. David's rebuke came straight from the Lord. He said, Thou hast killed Uriah the Hittite with the sword, and thou hast taken his wife to be thy wife. Therefore the sword shall never depart from thy house. David. Had commenced well the race of life, and then he had faltered and failed to finish. Now, lest we think that only the gross sins cause men to stumble, think of that rich young man who came running after the Lord. Good master, said he, what good thing must I do to inherit eternal life? And the Savior said, Keep the commandments. Again, which? And to the Savior's declaration of the commandments, the young man replied, All of these things I have done from my youth up. What else? And the Lord said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, sell what thou hast and give to the poor, and come and follow me. But the young man went away sorrowing, for he had great possessions. He preferred the comforts of earth to the treasures of heaven. He would not purchase the blessings of eternity by foregoing the pleasures of time. He faltered. He failed to finish. Another was Judas Iscariot. He commenced his ministry as an apostle. He ended it a traitor. For thirty paltry pieces of silver, he sold his own soul. At last, when he realized the enormity of his guilt, He shrieked to his fellow perpetrators, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. Remorse turned to despair. Despair led to madness and madness to suicide. Judas succeeded in betraying the Lord. He failed in his apostolic calling. Lust for power, greed for gold, and disdain for honor have ever appeared as faces of failure on the panorama of life. Captivated by their artificial allurement, many men stumble and falter and fail to finish the race. Whittier's words seem so appropriate concerning the same. Of all sad words of tongue or pen, the saddest are these it might have been. But let us turn from those who faltered and talk for a minute about those who finished. In the Holy Bible, we read of a man by the name of Job who was a perfect man, who feared God and who eschewed evil, pious in his conduct, prosperous in his fortune, why Job was to experience troubles that very few men have. Finally, he was shorn of all of his possessions. He was scorned by his friends. He was afflicted by misery. He was even tempted by his wife, who declared to him, Curse God and die. But from the depths of his noble soul, he said, My witness is in heaven, and my record is on high. I know that my Redeemer liveth. Job did not falter. Job was a finisher. Following the mission of the Lord, there were many who, rather than deny their testimonies, would forfeit their lives. Such an one was the Apostle Paul, and he's a favorite of mine. Gifted in his ability to lift and motivate people, he was a peerless example of one who made the transition from sinner to saint. The whim of Paul's father to send him to Jerusalem opened the door to his destiny, and Paul was to walk through it and help to shape a new world. Yet he was plagued. He was disappointed. He had many severe trials. But at the end he could stand and say, The time for my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Like Job, Paul was a finisher. And Paul urged you and me. He said, turn from sin and take for your example the author and the framer of your faith, even Jesus Christ the Lord. The Savior of mankind, though he was tempted by the devil, yet he resisted. Though he was hated, yet he loved. Though he was betrayed, yet he triumphed. Not in a cloud of glory, nor in a chariot of fire, was Jesus to depart mortality, but rather with his arms extended in agony upon a cruel cross. The majesty and the magnitude of his mission They are depicted in the simplicity of his prayer. He said, The hour is come. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work thou gavest me to do. Into thy hands I commend my spirit. With that prayer, mortality ended. Eternity began. Times will change and circumstances will vary, but the marks of a true finisher remain the same today as they did then. I wonder if we might consider several of them. They will help you and me to run well the race of life. First, I'd like to suggest that every true finisher has the mark of vision. It has been said that history turns on small hinges and so do people's lives. We're constantly making small decisions, the accumulation of which determines our happiness or our sorrow. The true finisher has the capacity to visualize his objective, to plan for it, and be ready when the moment of decision comes. Second, could I suggest the mark of effort? Vision without effort is daydreaming and effort without vision is drudgery, but vision coupled with effort will win the prize. Needed is that capacity to make the second effort when the problems of life lay us low. We need the capacity to stick to your task till it sticks to you. Beginners are many, but enders are few. Honor, power, place and praise will come in the time of the one who stays. Stick to your task till it sticks to you. Bend at it, sweat at it, smile at it too, for out of the bend and the sweat and the smile will come life's victories after a while. Third, may I suggest, the mark of faith. It was the psalmist who declared, It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Faith and doubt cannot exist in the same mind at the same time, for one will dispel the other. Fourth, I would choose to name the mark of virtue. Let virtue garnish thy thoughts unceasingly, said the Lord, and virtue will provide staying power in the race of life. Fifth, I would name the mark of courage. Courage becomes an attractive virtue when it is regarded not so much as a willingness to die manfully as the, well, the determination to live decently. Could I urge each one of us to have the courage? To dream the impossible dream, to fight the unbeatable foe, to bear with unbearable sorrow, to run where the brave dare not go, to right the unrightable wrong, to love pure and chaste from afar, and to try when our arms are too weary to reach the unreachable star, and we will thus becoming a finisher. Finally, I enumerate the mark of prayer. When life's troubles confront us, when we experience the test of our faith, when the light of hope flickers ever so dimly and burns so low, the ability to communicate with our Maker will provide peace. These, then, are the marks of the true finisher. They can help you. They can help me. They can be a compass to our lives. Ever beckoning us onward and lifting us upward is he who declared, Come, follow me. And sometimes that help comes ever so silently and on other occasions with dramatic impact. Some years ago, I had the opportunity to serve as a mission president for our church it was my privilege to work with 200 of the finest young men and women in all this world some of them had problems others required motivation but one came to me in utter despair his mission had scarcely begun but he was quitting he had his bag packed he had his return ticket purchased he came to the house to say goodbye. We prayed, we reasoned, we struggled together to no avail. After a lengthy period of time, this young man stood to his feet. He looked me squarely in the eye. He said, President Monson, do you want to know the reason for my trouble? And then he doubled up his right arm. He said, Muscle power. All my life I have lived on muscle power. I'm a star in track. I excel in basketball and baseball, but I have neglected my mental power. I cannot read. He said, I shall share with you the results of a test of my reading ability. I have not shared them with another. The test said, with effort, this student has the capacity to read at the level of but the fourth grade. He said, Brother Monson, how can I explain the truth of the Book of Mormon to others when I cannot read it? And then he began to weep. Suddenly the door to the office opened. My nine-year-old son stood there. He said, Oh, excuse me, Dad, I didn't know you were busy. I just wanted to put this little book back on the shelf. He handed me the book. I held it in my hand and read the title, A Child's Story of the Book of Mormon by Dr. Dita P. Neely. I turned to the foreword, and I read words that seemed to stand out in boldface type. This book has been written with a scientifically controlled vocabulary to the level of the fourth grade. I handed the book to the young man and said, would you care to read it? Half laughing, half crying. He said, It will be good to read something I can understand. Of course he read the book. Of course he completed his mission. Of course he became a real finisher. I think that once again today I may walk by that furniture store in our city and take a long look at that little sign in the window and contemplate the true meaning of its message, Finishers Wanted. For my prayer is that you and I may be finishers in the race of life and that we might qualify for that great prize, eternal life with our Father in the celestial kingdom. I testify that our Father lives. I testify that this is his work. And I ask that we may follow the example of his Son, a true finisher, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.